Welcome to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth. Over the next hour, you'll discover how to feel better, look better, and get questions answered to bring out your own glow. Make sure to stay tuned for the whole show as there will be a Q&A at the end of today's episode. Now, here is Carolyn Holdsworth. Hey everyone, welcome to Glow and Tell. I am Carolyn Holdsworth, so happy to be with you today. And we've got Victoria Valinsky, our executive producer here. Hello everyone, how are you doing Carolyn? I am doing well, I'm a little scratchy throated this morning, so forgive the voice. Oh, you sound great. But it, it still works. It still works. Exactly. Um, so today's show, um, I know you and I have been so excited about this one because we're talking all about hair. Oh, my gosh. I know. I can't wait. I grew up in a hair salon. My mom's a hairstylist. So right. I've been looking forward to this show for a long time. I can't wait. Yeah, you've got a lot of personal opinions about this. I know. It's so cool. And, you know, I have been struggling with so many hair issues over the past 10 years in my perimenopausal state, now menopausal state, and I've been coloring my hair literally since my early 20s and having to color my hair because I am prematurely gray genetically and I don't want to be gray right now. So I have—I feel like I'm a hair pro on so many fronts and I'm really excited to, to talk with our guest today because we're here to demystify what happens with your hair as you age. And there's so many things that are that are out there in the media about, you know, try this. Here's the quick fix. This will bring your hair back. This will make it thicker. And I've tried so many. I know you've tried a bunch as well. And I'm just really looking forward to learning about what is the real deal, what really works, what doesn't. And then we're also going to spend some time you know, talking with our guest, Farah, about how to change our experience in the salon, in the chair, um, how to talk to our stylist, our colorist in a different way so that we get the results that we want. And then, as always, it would not be a Glow and Tell episode if we didn't talk about products. So we're going to dive into hair products. And, you know, like skincare, there is a gamut of hair products out there all making loads of claims, and we're going to kind of root through the muckety-muck and figure out what we really need, what we don't need. Does it have to be a salon professional product, or are there great finds at the drugstore as well? So I know you and I have talked about products a ton, especially since you grew up in the salon. There's, oh my God, so much out there that creates confusion. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. You don't know where to turn to. So no, this episode will have so much good information. Yeah, we're going to get to the answers. So without further ado, let me introduce today's guest who I am thrilled to bring to you guys. She is an expert hair cutter, stylist, hair colorist for more than 25 years. Her name is Farah Reed, and she comes from Austin, Texas. She has owned her own salon for decades, and she grew up in a hair dynasty, and comes from it honestly, like you do, Victoria. Her mom was a stylist. And what I found really interesting is that Farah is um, technically trained as a barber, as opposed to a cosmetologist, which gives her a whole other set of skills that not every cosmetologist who does hair may have. And she brings this holistic approach to her craft. She is looking at the entire person, the entire um, being, and ensuring that what she is delivering is going to make them feel best from the outside in and the inside out. 
from a technical standpoint, she is classically trained from Sassoon, Desange, Horst, and then, you know, when it comes to the whole person, Rumi, Talbot, Hay, and she fuses together this, this holy grail. And, you know, her quest for the perfect haircut and the perfect look, it's, it borders on divine intervention. I mean, it's all about bringing all these components together to make us feel our best and look our best. So without further ado, Farah, welcome to Glow and Tell. Hello. Hello. Oh. I'm very, very happy to be here. Thank you. We're so excited to have you and your hair looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I, I've had the privilege to know Farah for a really, really long time. We've known each other for about 13 years now. And way back when um, I decided to open a hair salon in addition to the spa that I had in, or have in New Hope. I opened a hair salon, had it for just one year. And when I opened the salon, I realized, you know, I don't know a whole lot about hair. So I thought I would dip my toe into this world. Clients had asked for me to, dip, to enter this world and do what I do in the spa world, in the hair world. An opportunity fell on my lap, but I realized I didn't know how to train a staff. So I was lucky enough to be able to work with Farah and have her bring all of her talents and skills in to build the team and train the team. And so we've known each other since then in a professional capacity and in a social capacity as well. And she does the hair of many people who I love in Austin, Texas. And so I'm just so excited to talk with you today because you're the real deal and you're a straight shooter like me. And I love your holistic approach. So um, tell us first, you know, Aside from, you know, growing up in the hair world because of your family, you know, why did you go into this field? You could have done anything. So many people, I think, would have gone the opposite direction. But what what brought you into this industry? Well, it was an accident. Originally, I wanted to do makeup. <clears throat> I started off by doing drag makeup. It was something that I could do without a license and then moved into commercials and TV. And I, I loved it. I thought for sure. And I needed a license at the time. They were only hiring hairstylists who were had you know, cosmetology mm-hmm. or, you know, just a professional license. I went into chose barber school because it gave me more of a robust background as opposed to just cosmetology as we discussed before. Yeah. And um, my first day cutting hair, I, and I didn't want to do it. You know, I wanted to do makeup. The first day cutting hair, I put my hands in the hair and I felt this feeling that went all the way through my body. Like I oh, knew, wow. I knew that was it. It was like the first time I had done something I felt like I was so good at just from the, the touch. So it feels like um, I just am, am gifted something and um, I've appreciated it ever since. It's fed me very well. It's fed yeah. my mind, my heart, everything. What, what a blessing. I mean, not, not many of us can have an experience like that where you truly have a light bulb go off and realize, oh my gosh, this is what I meant to do. So that's so great. I didn't know that. What a beautiful, beautiful experience. Well, clearly it has served you well and continues to serve you well. Um, you are still young in this industry, even though you've been doing it for decades. You've got a long ways to go and you've seen a lot. You've experienced a lot. You've certainly had incredible training. So I can't wait to dive into what you think about all of these topics that we teased about at the top of the show. Um, So I think we should just do the deep dive. I think we should get right into it. (laughs) Yeah. Yay. So one topic that I'm personally super excited about, and I know so many people that I come in contact with at the spa talk about, is what happens to our hair as we age. 
We often talk about what happens to our skin and how to manage our skin through the different seasons, through the different life stages, um, through different ages, of course. But not everybody's talking about hair. And it was like a lightning bolt when all of a sudden I started losing my hair thanks to hormonal changes going on in my body. And to date, I would say I've probably lost about a third of the hair that I had many years ago. I used to have a thick ponytail when I would put it in a bun. It was a big, full, beautiful bun. And now so much of it's gone. And I know a lot of people that don't experience hair loss are experiencing a change in texture. Their hair feels completely different. It's it's It has to be styled in a different way. And you know, I just don't see as many articles about what's happening and how do we manage that. And then also what I'd like to get into is, is there anything that we can do before this starts to maybe prevent some of that? So Farah, tell us, tell us what you think. Tell us, tell us what's happening with our hair as we age. How does it change and why is it changing? Well, our hair, it comes like how it grows, how it thick, how it curls, all those different things that happen to it, hormones have quite a lot to do with it. So it makes sense as time goes on and our hormones start to shift that this happens, this occurs. I mean, we think about being pregnant, our hair gets thicker, we stop breastfeeding, our hair sheds all at once. We have COVID and our hair, my hair shed, a ton of people's hair sheds. We undergo like different certain circumstances that are stressful and our hair begins to shed. Mm-hmm. When we're younger, our hair, our, all of our hair follicles are like little machines, individual machines, and mm-hmm. they're all growing and they have different phases that they grow in. There's three, as you know. Mm-hmm. And so these phases start to change. They start to change through hormones. And as our hormones shift, then our phases shift. And the beautiful thing to remember is that as long as hair is growing out of them, there's hope. Okay. Okay. Even if they're short hairs, they're still growing. The one place where there's not really hope is when it's just shiny there and there's no more hair growing out of theirs. Those are a genetic hair loss. When you have that, it's a genetic hair loss disposition and it's caused by DHT, that hormone. And that one you'll see in like male pattern baldness where their hair is lost at a very young age. It's passed down through the male. And so if you're a woman and your father had that, you'll start to see hair loss around the hairlines like back here. Now, when you see it in somebody who really has that genetic disposition, the hairline goes very far, recedes very far back. You'll see it because um, it will go up into the temple. It's not something that they're self-conscious about. It's something that's very much there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, That's one thing to think about. And unfortunately, um, the things that you can do, I mean, minoxidil does help. It does hinder the hair loss process. Absolutely. It never stops it completely, unfortunately, because it is genetic. And tell me what products contain minoxidil. Tell tell me some product types and maybe some brand names if we wanted to research that. Rogaine is like the oldest. Um, There's new products that are coming out now that can do it. Right now, all the products that we're talking about and that we will talk about, they're all things that won't stop this from happening. They will just topically do it until you stop using it. So it's one of those things that you're just going to have to keep doing. It's not going to correct the situation forever. It'll just correct it while you're using it. Okay, that is such an important point. And I never hear people say that that if you stop using it, that it's going to stop working. 
it doesn't, it's not a corrective product. It just, I guess, Im- improves, if you will. Correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Because I think that's a key point and why people can probably become disconcerted or frustrated with a product. And we talk about this in skincare as well. You've got to use it to see the effects. But with minoxidil, you're saying you're going to have to use it forever. Yeah. Okay. All, all of them. All of them. Oh. Anything that's out there, you will have to. I will say that my number one favorite product that I've ever seen work is made by Revitalash. Oh, and yeah. Revitalash makes this foam. And they can't say that it's going to make your hair grow. Like even when you look at it, they say volume enhancing. They're just okay. not allowed to say that it grows. But Revitalash, the ingredients that are within it, prolong your growth phase. Mm. Because of the three phases that you have in there, the antigen phase is the beginning phase, and that's the growing phase. Mm-hmm. And when your hormones shift, the growing phase starts to shift, and you will have a slower grow-up phase. That's why when you look up at your hairline, all those little hairs are shorter. Instead right. of growing to their full length, it looks like they've broken, or it looks like they've done a variety of different things. But in this case, what it is is they just have a shorter lifespan. Okay. So when you use um, the Revitalash hair enhancing volume foam, you massage it just on those spots and you'll notice a difference in about six to eight weeks. Wow, and that's fast. That's pretty fast. You won't notice it at first. So you just got to keep using it. But if you keep using it, and I don't know if you've ever used the eyelash serum, but what's really great about it is it starts to compound. And instead of using it every day, then you use it every other day. Instead of every other day, then you can use it once a week and it keeps it going like that. And so far, um, so far in my experience, that has been, I've seen the best results, very fast results that you can achieve. However, it's, um, it's kind of like a spot treatment for women and they have a whole head of hair and they're shedding all over their hair. That's why it's not the best choice because we're like, oh my gosh, you got to put this foam all over my hair every single day, you know, for this amount of time. That can be a little bit frustrating. I know. Well, for someone like me who has this kind of, I I guess my hair is not receding, but it does feel that at the upper left and right hand corner of my hairline, that it is a lot thinner. I've always thought it was from wearing, you know, too tight of a ponytail or having my hair pulled back too much. But it sounds like this Revitalash foam would work great in areas like that yeah. where it just kind of looks yeah. thin and sheer. Okay. Yes. Yes. Now, if you were the type to boy, wear your ponytail super tight, I mean, right. we're talking super tight where you've got, you know, like a, a facelift or something like that. Right. And some people do do that. I mean, it, it is a strategy for some. Possibly it is. It is. But um, really what you're going to see when you do that is you're going to see breakage in your hair from the ponytail holder. And it's the habitual movements every single day of doing it. And typically when people work out, they don't take their hair out of their ponytail and then go and wash it. A lot of people will leave it in there for a few hours or all day if they're off of work. Then they're Mm -hmm. getting in the car and the car seat rubs the back of the ponytail or the bun or they're sitting on their couch. All of that movement is breaking the hair in the back. Okay. Um, okay. I can see it whenever they come in and the hairs underneath here and mm-hmm. on the neckline in the back. They can usually tell the story of how high they carry their ponytail or their bun ah. because that's where the breakage is. That's where all that tension is right on there. So I'm someone who works out almost every day and I definitely do a ponytail. What would you suggest and you know, right after I'm done with my workout, take your hair out of the hair tie? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. And then the next thing is rinse it. Because sweat, when we sweat, we have we have sweat, we have oil, but there's also salt, and that salt can <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. 
can degrade degrade the hair. Mm-hmm. It can break it down, and that salt actually can dry it out. So, a perfect example oh. is a, a client of mine who has hair that reaches uh, maybe to her just past her collarbone and doesn't do a lot of styling, doesn't do a little minimal coloring, that kind of thing. And she'll have split ends from the bottom about five inches up. Wow. And I would investigate this and I'm like, what is going on? And other people would say it was hormones and that she was getting older. And I was just like, I just, I just don't want to own that. And I don't think it's fair that she has to own that, that every woman has to own that it's aging. Just just blame it on aging. Oh, I'm just old, getting older. But right, right. I, I didn't want to do that. I didn't believe it. I had mm-hmm. known her for 20 years. And this this seemed odd. What I realized is that she was working out and not rinsing her hair after her workout every day. And she has a delicate, natural hair. Her hair mm-hmm. is delicate. It can't suffer that much salt every day on her hair and it was becoming split so what what we decided is that she needs to do a rinse she needs to just rinse it out and then that's that's a good discussion for us is talking about after your workout what do you do well the number one thing that you'll do is when you wash it you will wash it um at your root that's very important when you're grabbing shampoo and you're massaging in your hands get a really good uh, foam in there and then take your fingertips and work it on your root there. And what we were taught when we were little was to grab all our hair and push it up to the top and wash it all out or put our mm-hmm. trusses to the side and massage them with our hands. But that's abrasing your, your hair. And oh. you don't really need that much cleansing on it, especially every day. If you're sweating, you need it at the root. The shampoo falls down to the ends of your hair. And that's a perfect shampoo right there. So it's not about the sweat being on the the extremities of the hair. It's really the sweat at the root that you're wanting to remove. When you're shampooing, absolutely. And I okay. know I said that with the sweat and stuff getting on the ends, but you don't need to scrub that. The okay. shampoo is strong enough that it'll work right down. Those it's rinsing ends, it out. Exactly. It's rinsing it out. Those ends of your hair have lived on there. So if you grow six inches a year... And your hair, say, like, as long as yours, you've got three years, four years worth of hair on there. So okay. if you're shampooing it every single day, that's that's going to be a little bit tough on the ends of your hair. You're asking quite a lot. So that's why I suggest, like, shampoo, focus your shampoo at the root. Let the shampoo rinse down. You can bring your hair to the side and run it through, but you never want to abrase it. You're roughing up the cuticle on there. And then, obviously, when you condition um, a cool little tip when you condition mm-hmm. is wring out the water, grab a little hand towel and sop out the water before you put the conditioner on. So oh. especially if you're using like a high dollar shampoo, those high dollar shampoos and conditioners are highly, um, I can't believe I just lost the word. Concentrated? Concentrated. I mean, it's the easiest word, right? Yeah. They're highly concentrated. They are made, they're, they're made with so many vitamins within there that you really don't need to use a massive amount on there. So once you towel dry your hair, just a little bit to sop off the wet, then you put the conditioner on and you will see the difference. It's a dynamic difference between what it was before and what it was after. Okay, you great. You don't use as much, so it makes your products last much longer. Okay. That is outstanding advice. Same thing. Same thing is true with skincare, as we know. When you're using, a, I like that you said a high dollar product, a, a better product, a higher quality product. You do need less. And I know something you and I have talked about offline previously is when you're using um, a better shampoo, use less but emulsify it. Yeah. So yeah. can you just 
break it down in layman's terms, what is emulsifying? Am I doing that in my hands before I put it on my hair or my scalp? Absolutely. So start off with the dime size. Okay. And then put it in the palm of your hand and rub it. And as you're rubbing the two hands together, you're going to see it start to emulsify, which is like bubbling up, bubbling up, bubbling up. And pretty soon those bubbles will spread throughout the entire palm of your hand. Okay. This also saves time because you have less shampoo that you're applying onto your head and it's less stuff that you're rinsing out. So if you're a woman on the go, it's key, you know, like that, all of those things take time. You're saving money. You're getting a better, um, you're getting a better effect from the shampoo itself. Now, give me, give me the, the truth on this. Do I need to shampoo twice every time? Because I'm always told that we need to shampoo twice, kind of like washing your face twice. I don't agree with that, but. Okay. Okay. So if it. And is that dependent on if it's a high, higher or a better quality product, you don't need to? What if I'm using a drugstore, lesser quality product? Do I need to do it twice then? Uh, my heart just went <gasps> gasped because <laughs> I, I, I personally would not ever put a drugstore product on my hair. There are probably only two that I would choose to use. One would be Paul Mitchell. It's straightforward and simple. Um, the other one is... Gosh, I don't even know. Maybe a Redken if they sell it there, just because it's been around and it's such. It's also uh, sold in a professional place. So um, the reason why I gasp also is um, anything from the drugstore is going to be point to purchase style products. Right, you are going to get results immediately, but they are not designed for prolonged. Uh, oh boy, this is getting us into a juicy topic here. It is. You know this about skincare. It's exactly the same thing. You wouldn't want them to put on that. It's not. It's the quality of ingredients is hugely different. Okay. They, where they get their products from, you could say dimethicone, which is a, a version of a silicone. There are a myriad of different versions of dimethicone out there. There mm-hmm. are some that are water soluble and there are some that are not. There's a myriad of different versions of oils out there. You have your first press oil and you have the ones that are going down third press, fourth press oil, which means you take the original organic component and they press out the um, the nutrients out of it. And that would be your first press. So first press. Oh my gosh. Would- so you're just taking out all the good stuff, basically. You're taking out all the good stuff. That's Oh, goodness. Press. That's what okay. you want. You want the higher dollar. You want the higher quality ingredients. You're not going to get that from your over-the-counter drugstore product. So let me ask you this question because I've heard this theory with with higher-end products and some, some lower-priced products. What about this non-foaming shampoo concept? Because I know there are a lot of products out there that don't foam, yeah. and I've heard that that's very good, that you know no foaming is acceptable and taking it another step forward, is that something we want to seek out? Is that a preferred type of hair shampoo product? Carolyn, that's an awesome question because that is so current right now. Okay, like the WEN products. Just mm-hmm. to not pick on that brand, but that's one yeah. that I know that's been around for a long time that's a non-foaming. They, they have a good concept. Uh, what I didn't love about it is that it can coat the hair. There are other, there are other ingredients in it that I don't feel that I want on my hair or on my body. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with quality. And that's something that we can discuss about those type of products that kind of get you on through marketing and get mm-hmm. you kind of stuck on their program. Anything that's you're stuck on their program, you kind of want to stay away from. Um, but the cream themselves, and I can go deeper into that, but to answer your question, the cream itself is pretty great because it's gentle. 
You okay. know, when, when we talk about hair, we're talking about hair and scalp. Those two play a very large part together. And uh, pH is a giant thing. It was huge in the 70s and 80s, and everybody kind of forgot about it after a little while. But it's still popular or not, it's still an important um, element for us to understand with our hair. Okay. If we are washing our hair twice a day, we are changing that pH, changing the pH of our scalp, changing the pH of our hair. Our body makes what we don't have. Mm-hmm. If we, so if we are washing all the natural oils off the hair, our body's going to produce more. It will. It's there for a protective agent to support our scalp mostly is what it does. It doesn't care about supporting the hair, but, you know, the bonus is, is if you have your natural oils going on your, on your natural hair, it's going to keep the quality of it uh, more intact. It's going to be stronger. If we're taking all those natural oils off that are, there are amino acids in there as well. That's the building block of hair. You're going mm-hmm. to want those on your hair. Mm-hmm. So the co-conditioners do or the co-shampoos co-wash is that they are trying to keep your natural oils within that a lot of people don't really love that so much they want to feel i know i want to feel that that yeah we we like that sudsy yeah sudsy it's more user-friendly it moves throughout the hair when we use suds like that it goes all over it does like it makes you feel clean because mm-hmm. you it's, it's luxurious to feel that way. And those over-the-counter products offer that. You know, they've got a big hole at the top of their at the top of the spout, and you pour it into your hand. It oozes all over your hand. You barely put your hands together. It suds all over the place. You barely put it in your hair. It suds everywhere. It's doing what you're asking it to do. Right. However, the cleansers are way too strong for our hair. That's where we get that notion of it's too detergenty, if you will. Exactly. That's exactly. It's a perfect word because it is stripping. It's stripping the hair. And I mean, we all do different things to our hair uh, with hair color and the varieties of different lifestyles that we have. And so if you're stripping it, you're, you're not really aiding what you've spent your time and money on if you're going to do that a, a, a very nice color very profe- very well professionally done hair color is just not going to last as long it's just not going to look as pretty you're literally stripping it out and going to be washing it down the drain all that hard work that time Absolutely. all the money that you invested in that beautiful color is just yeah. going to it's so going to go down the drain so when your recommend something they recommend it because they know it works they exactly work uh, in a lot of hair salons to sell a lot of products. And we as consumers don't want that. We want to think for ourselves and we don't want somebody shoving things down our throat. We have the internet in our hands. So we can do our own research. And the internet is such a great thing, but it's also so overwhelming. And so I, I love that we're getting into this, Vera. This is so exciting. Let us take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap up this product conversation, which has been so juicy, and we're also going to get into how to talk to your stylist, what do you do when something goes wrong, and so much more with our guest, Farrah Reed on Glow & Tell. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Glow and Tell is the new provocative podcast from beauty expert, spa owner, and product junkie, Carolyn Holdsworth. The Southern-raised entrepreneur will share her unvarnished opinions on self-care and all things that are meant to glow, inside and out. Carolyn will be joined by guest experts who will go deep, and listeners will discover and discuss plenty about what they see and feel in the mirror each day. Questions and answers will wrap each podcast with no topics out of bounds. Don't miss Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth. Got a question or want to share a story with Carolyn or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. You can also send an email to Carolyn at carolyn at glowandtell.net. Now back to the show with Carolyn. Hey everyone, welcome back to Glow and Tell. I am Carolyn here with Victoria and our guest Farah Reed. So that last segment, we got into so many great, great um, topics, primarily products. And just to recap, what I'm taking away from this, Farah, and t- correct me if I'm wrong, is salon products are worth the investment. It's where you are really going to protect that investment of hair color that you've paid for. It's going to help to repair and promote growth and protect the hair in all of the crazy stages that are going on that happen in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond, thanks to hormones. <laughs> and there, we didn't get into specific brand names, but I wanted to see if I could just back you into a corner on a couple of brand name salon products that you are liking these days that you think are worth their salt? What would those be? That's actually, that's a great question because there are some that put a high dollar on that I don't think are quite as quality. And they usually have um, an old fashioned formulation. Okay. And oh my gosh, I could go into the difference of countries and how they formulate different (laughs) countries. But to to save to make it short, I would say like if you're going to spend a large amount on a product, I'm in love with Orbe, and it's probably like one of those lines that people talk about. And there's a few other boutique lines that are very high quality. Mm -hmm. What I loved about Orbe is 
perfume number one, perfume matters. Whether people want to admit it or not, it does. Okay. And their perfume is a is a higher quality. It's not going to hurt you. There's a lot of other perfumes that can hurt you. They can hurt giving migraines, we, variety we, of different things. Now, when you say perfume, are you talking about an added fragrance to the yeah. shampoo and conditioner? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. And it, uh, it's it's funny to mention that, but it's not something to be sidestepped because every time we use something, the smell is always the thing that we hold on to. Mm-hmm. So one, it's a high quality perfume that was designed for specifically for the line. It wasn't made in a chemist lab. It was made specifically. Okay. And it's higher quality okay. because because they approach their product like that. Every element, every ingredient that goes in there is a higher quality. Now, would you would you recommend both shampoo and conditioner from Orbe or just one category of product? No, I love them. I love you. The love it all. Conditioner okay. and all the product. The product is really designed to not feel like you have anything on your hair. Okay, it's supposed nice. to make the hair shiny, soft, touchable, as if someone's coming up to you and snuggling their nose up into your hair. That's what the product is made for. And for the type of work that I do, I don't really like hair that's stiff and crunchy and gooey. I I like the hair to be part of the woman. Right. And right. So that, that's why I feel that it's high quality. Now, is it for everything? There are certain things that I would say no. Like if I put I put natural oils into my hair and I prefer a first pressed jojoba oil as my uh, smoothing agent when I air dry my hair. And that's okay. made by a local company called Inventive Organics. There are very few companies that make so no. I know Orbe is old and it's not anything necessarily new. And I wish I could bring something new. There are other ones. I mean, there are other lines, but I know that that line is robust. It can answer a lot of problems that you need. I would say the number one thing with it is what I talked about, how highly concentrated it is. If you are not having good results with it, I would go back to the application, use less and get it everywhere. That's yeah, re- Reading the instructions, exactly. And well, I would say that, but their instructions don't say it. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Good point. I, I wish they did. Now, you had also mentioned in the previous segment brands like Redken, which I know I've used a lot of Redken in, in the past, and I've also had a lot of Redken color put on my hair, which I think is a really nice um, kind of mid-price point salon-level brand. It is sold at drug, many drugstores and some grocery stores as well. Um, it's, it's a really solid product. And um, any other... Any other brands, salon brands that you favor besides Orbe? Well, I love Milbon, and Milbon is a Japanese brand. Okay. okay. I've always been a giant fan of Japanese hair products. Okay. Uh, one, because the science is very different. It's They go a little deeper. They don't hold on to old formulations. They're constantly reinventing themselves. Constantly. Innovation. Innovation yeah. is huge for yeah. Japanese products. Yeah, interesting. Okay. So what we've learned here is that, you know, products, like I said, are really key to maintaining the color, the integrity of the hair. And something that I know we've talked about before is when your stylist is recommending a product to you, just like when your esthetician is recommending a skincare product to you, I have to say this to everybody out there that's listening, we don't get rich on selling products to you. <laughs> the stylist doesn't get rich on it. The esthetician doesn't get rich. And frankly, the salon and the spa, we're not paying our bills on product sales, people. We're just not. We are recommending these products because we want your skin to improve. We want your hair to improve. We want that hair color that you just paid so much money for to last. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, any place worth its salt, any 
stylist or esthetician operating with integrity is going to be recommending a product to you because it's going to be helpful. Um, truly, we, we can't, you know, we can't pay the rent on selling shampoo and conditioner. So keep that in mind when you're getting those recommendations, because I know that so many of us are, are fearful of being sold to and we feel that that's a really uncomfortable moment at the end of the salon experience or the spa experience. And um, just, you know, keep that in mind. And, you know, if you can find it cheaper somewhere outside of the salon or the spa, I will warn everybody, it could be what's called diverted product. It could be inauthentic product. There are a lot of um, inauthentic brands posing as authentic brands on Amazon right now. And just be mindful of that. Be, be wary of that. If you're you know, Orbe shampoo that should sell for $45 at Ferris Salon, you're finding it for $25, it could be counterfeit product. That is very, very common. Same with skincare. So, you know, if you think about it at the end of the day and amortize out that $45 shampoo over how long it's going to last, it's a small price to pay when it comes to saving your hair, protecting your hair, protecting that color um, compared to the, you know, how we're spending money elsewhere. You know, it's not a lot of so just wanted to get that out there. And speaking of our, our stylist, let's get into how do we improve that relationship, Farah? Because, you know, hair is one of these things that, you know, you wear it every day. You see it every day. Everybody sees it. It's, it's an identifier for so many of us. It's, for many of us, it's our thing. You know, my hair is my thing. If I've got this beautiful mane of curly hair or this long, gorgeous mane of hair. And what if you're at the salon and you're not getting what you want? What if, there's so many different scenarios that I want to dive into today. What if you've, you know, been with, working with a stylist for so long that you've gotten into a rut? How do you talk to your stylist about that? What happens if something goes bad? Let, let's get into that part of it. Okay. <laughs> which, yeah. I know, which I know can be tricky. And, you know, we talk about advocacy on Glow and Tell, about being your own advocate and asking for what you want and being a clear communicator. And starting with when you go in for cut and color, you know, communication is everything, right? Mm -hmm. And one thing we've learned, and I've certainly learned this over the years, having been many colors, I've been blonde, I've been red, I've had dark brown hair. People see color very differently. What do you think is the best way, if we're going in for color, to communicate and talk about the color that you're wanting? Should we be naming a celebrity's hair? Should I talk about your hair? What's the best way to go about it? Well, a lot of things go through your hairstylist's mind when you talk about it. So if you use your hairstylist that you've been going to for a long period of time, you guys have had a relationship and you've done all these different colors and mm -hmm. they know what you like and what you don't like. They know your lifestyle. They know your financial background. They consider all of those things when you bring it into a new color. <clears throat> they also only have a certain <clears throat> period of time with you. So they're trying to weigh all that out in their head. You know, like, is this, is this just a flight of fancy or is this real? Mm -hmm. Is this a breakup or is this something that are you, are you going through a life change or, you know, maybe you're one of those people that wants all these changes, but really when it comes down to it, you just want what's big to you, maybe very small to a hairstylist. So I would sure. say number one, being able to let them know, I like to give them on a, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being going platinum blonde. Mm -hmm. How much of a change do you want with your hair color? That gives me a really good uh, scale to see, like, where are you at? Because a big change for you, when you, when I start to ask that question, you're like, well, I don't want to be platinum blonde. 
but I would like to be a lot blonder, maybe you're a six or a seven. And then that gives them the ideal of where they want to go for you. The other thing is when you have had a hairstylist for a long period of time, they can get in their visual rut with you as well. Right. And right. they can't see beyond. They can't be see beyond where it was. Well, Carolyn, you know, last time I took you this, you got freaked out, you know, that kind of thing. So there are things that you could say is like, I know it's going to be a big change and I know I'm going to get freaked out, but just let me get freaked out. And if we have to change it back, we change it back or we dial right. it down, we dial it down. That gives them a little more freedom in their creative choices. So first we want to let them know, hey, I'm ready for a change and let's and define the type of change to your stylist. Yeah. A change going from I'm going from a one to a 10 or now I just want to go to a four. Yes. So describe the type of change. What about bringing in pictures? What about bringing in photos of hair color? You know, I'm a type of hairstylist. I, I like pictures. I like to see what is going on in your brain. What, what okay. you think is pretty because everybody's version of pretty is different. Mm -hmm. Everybody's version of cool is different. Mm -hmm. What they want to bring out to the world is very, it's important to them, but it's not the same for everyone. So it's important to see what your vision is, where right. you're going and doesn't match with your stylist. And that's, that brings me on to the next point is like, there might be a time where maybe that stylist skill set doesn't match what you're going with. And I, I, have to say right now that's <clears throat> excuse me right now that's really big because things are moving very fast styles are moving very fast technically these um these new styles are <clears throat> excuse me um require a different type of background they require a different type of education okay i love that you're saying this because i've been in those situations where just not to sound too woo-woo, but energetically, I feel like the person I'm talking to is not going to be able to do it. They're not going to be able to pull off the color. And that happened to me actually not so long ago. And how do you how do you assess that? And what if, let's say you don't know for sure, you can't quantify that, you know, Farrah, you can't make me the color red that I want to be. What do you do in that moment to not proceed with the service that day? How how do we delicately or how do you how do you kind of interview the stylist without insulting them. Well, it's so tricky, right? Because you yeah. have an appointment and you've got new growth and you're ready to go. I have to do something. Yeah. You have to do something. I'm in the chair. If you're bringing it up to them and you're wanting a change and they say, I don't think so, Carolyn. They're saying it for a couple of reasons and you can dig into there. If I say, absolutely, let's do it, mm -hmm. but we're going to need more time. Mm -hmm. then that's a conversation that you can work with. That's letting you know, I know how to do it. I know what I'm going to do. And I know how long it's going to take. And I can walk you through that process. I know how much it's going to cost. You know, all those things matter when you're making a big choice and a big mm -hmm. change like that. And okay. it's so easy to find out if they can or cannot do it. Because typically, if they can't do it, they're going to they're gonna be hesitant. So if you get pushback, even if it feels like it's their own personal opinion about your choice, like... You know, you know, Farah. I just, I, I don't think that's going to be the best thing for you. What they could be saying is, I don't know how to do this, yes. so we're, let's not do this today. Yes. And I think you need to go to somebody else. Okay, that's you wish that brilliant. they would say that, but they don't typically. Hairstylists don't typically recommend you. I think you should go to somebody else. It takes a really big person to admit that they can't do something. Right. That's that's Hard. a great point. Well, and you know, I've I've known a couple of stylists over the years that have said, 
if you really want this type of cut, for example, you know, this is my short hair expert in the salon. And I would love for you to go to Susan, who is the short hair expert. Yeah, it takes a lot of confidence to be able to refer you out to a colleague. Um, We actually do that at the spa sometimes because when it comes to super therapeutic massage, for example, we have certain therapists that do certain things better than others. And we are constantly referring within our spa to other, other technicians. So, yeah, it would be nice if that would happen in the salon as well. So if yeah. you're hearing a pushback, pay attention to it is what we're learning. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Pay attention that, that that's a no, they can't do it. Okay. That's excellent. So tell me your advice on what to do if I'm really unhappy, and I know these are two ser- different scenarios, with a cut or really unhappy with my color. Yeah. What, what do you wish we would do as your client? Oh, I love to know. Okay. I'm not like everybody. But, okay. you know, but, um, but we would, I mean, I would say you want to know if you've done a good job and you want to know if you haven't. And right. we want to correct it. We want to keep you as a client for as long as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what builds our career and that's what builds us. And if you're yeah. walking around unhappy, you're going to let 15 people know. That's yeah. terrible advertisement for us. That's true. So, so let, in terms of, sorry, oh, excuse me, no, in no, terms no. of time period, so let's say I, I get home and I'm looking at my color in the mirror and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's just not what I want. How quickly should I come back to, to talk to you about the color? I give two weeks. I let okay. somebody wear it. Uh, and I prefer that you do wear it in a week just because it's, if it's something new, something very, very different, sometimes you need a little bit of time to remember. Okay. There okay. are some hair colors that... Uh, elicit a certain response immediately. And if it's a very poor response immediately and you're like, this color is just weird. Mm-hmm. And typically that's what it would be if, if it was something just weird. It doesn't look good with their skin tone. It doesn't look good with their clothes. They can't get dressed in the morning. That's that. But a lot of the other times it could be emotionally. I mean, I could imagine that if you're going to a stylist, it's not going to look bad. You know, that you've done your research. You know that who you've gone to is technically well-suited for doing a beautiful hair color and you know that it just doesn't feel quite right. And then that's why I say give it a week because give it a week to kind of wear it and see how it goes and see how you feel and you might get used to it. And maybe it was a bigger change than you thought you were going to have, or maybe the color's a little bright. And then after a while you wash it a little bit and the highlights separate and then it's, everything is really great. But I give it two weeks because I prefer somebody to wear it for a little bit because a lot of times, like if you wear that bright colored shirt, you're like, oh, gosh, this feels weird. I'm wearing this bright colored shirt. Is everybody looking at me? But what mm-hmm. if they're looking at you because it's pretty and it right. doesn't feel comfortable for people to turn their heads and look at you like that? And maybe you're just not comfortable with the attention that you've yes. been receiving because of yes. the change. So let's I've, say we, I've seen we, that. if we... If we wait the two weeks and then we give you a call and say, you know, it's just not what I, 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 I just, I'm not into it for whatever reason. Should we be expecting to to pay for a redo or I know you can't speak for every salon out there, but in general, um, what from a consumer standpoint, you know, as an advocate of our own well-being, what do you think is the right approach? What do you think we should be paying for or not paying for? If you have booked an appointment for like say color and a haircut Mm -hmm. I mean color and highlights and they did color and highlights on it and you paid and after the two weeks or within that two weeks you're like whatever this is I just don't prefer it it needs to be adjusted I believe that you should not have to pay anymore Mm -hmm. that's my job to make it right Mm -hmm. my job to please you 
Everybody mm-hmm. may not have that view, but I have that view and I stand behind my work. I've already interviewed you every single time I sit with a client. I interview them and talk with them before I get started. We've had enough conversation for me to get it very, very close to where you want. So any editing that I need to do typically is a little tweak here, a little tweak there, something that doesn't require like a full whole new session all over again. Right, right. Unless I just wasn't listening. And if that's the case, it may be time. If they're not hearing you and they're not listening and you're having to redo it, that may be a choice of getting getting a new stylist in there, unfortunately. But you want someone to work in the rhythm of you and you want someone to be able to listen to you and to be able to see what you see and what you want. So mm-hmm. um, I don't agree with charging somebody under two weeks unless... They've taken it upon themselves to adjust, and that has happened before, where they Ooh. have gone to another stylist, or they've clipped it themselves, or they've tried to adjust at home, and then I'm working yeah. more, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you'll be able, you'll obviously be able to tell if I, uh, you know, put some box color on my hair or an at-home toner yeah. to calm something down. Yeah, we can always tell, and it, you can try to trick the stylist, but you'll, you'll never. They just know. They know artificial from that, and they know their work. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, you just kind of grazed into an area that I I really want to get into. So let's say that we've gotten to the point in our our hair relationship with each other where I've outgrown you for whatever reason. I'm, I'm just not, you know, feeling the vibe anymore. I want to try somebody new. But let's say I want to try someone that's in the salon. I still want to stay at this business. Um, so-and-so, my, my girlfriend's getting her hair done by this stylist over here. How do you suggest that I or that any client go about, quote-unquote, kind of breaking up with the stylist and trying someone new? Um, well, what are your thoughts on that? I've had, it, I've had it a variety of ways. You know, okay. like I've had them little by little, you know, maybe they'll start off going to them for one little thing and then they start moving over. Sometimes they get really scared. Like if they see me in the, I'm in the salon and then they're at somebody else's chair and they're going, oh God, well, I, I, da, da, da. and it, the way that I see it is just like, you know, I have confidence in the work that I've done and the work right. that I do and I have right. confidence in our relationship. And so if you need a little bit of a change, move on and go get a little change, see what it is. I'm always here. Um, mm-hmm. Not everybody is like that, especially with hairstylists. They can be temperamental and it's not for you to hold their temper. It yeah. is for you, your hair and you and your pain. You're the number one person. And really that's what needs to stick. You're your own advocate. So if you see somebody that's doing hair somewhere else, if you wanted to be polite, you're like, Marcus, I have loved being with you for so long. I really want to try Susie. I just see her doing something, and I think it would be fun to try it. You can tell him something like that, and he may be hurt, but you know what? You've done good on your side of the street, and it doesn't matter. If if you don't tell Marcus, it doesn't matter either. It's your choice. I think that's a beautiful response, just, you know, confronting it head on and saying, here, here's, I just wanted to give something, you know, a shot. I know that in the past I've been craftier. So, th- so I thought I was crafty by going in on a day that I knew my stylist was not working and I would schedule on a different day just to be kind of, but then I don't know, you end up getting caught at some point. So I love the direct approach of just having the conversation. And 
this is something that we encounter a lot at Nurture Spa with massage and with nails and waxing and with facials is clients come to me all the time and say, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. I love going to this person, but I went to this person instead this time. And we, just like you said, we love our clients to try different people. We feel confident in the service that we're providing. And it's actually a really healthy thing within the spa environment, I think in the salon environment, to try different technicians, try different estheticians, stylists, colorists, to make sure it's a great fit. Because at the end of the day, any salon spa professional that is moving through the planet with integrity, we want you to be happy. We want you to get the best experience. And whether that's from us or another provider, that's that's the most important thing. So back to the advocacy thing. Yeah, just be honest. Well, about I will. It, you know? I will add to that just a little bit. You know, like you may be feeling uncomfortable inside you and you can feel it on your side. But if someone's doing your hair and you're feeling uncomfortable while they're doing their hair, mm-hmm. your hair, they can feel it. And it has to be a two-way street. It doesn't feel good if somebody's not happy to sit in your chair. You want them to. You want them to be happy. So they're going to be a lot happier working with somebody who's like make room for somebody who wants what it is. And then the other thing I wanted to add on is just as business owners, Mm -hmm. you're speaking my language because the way that we see it is just like it's a happy client that's able to stay within the business. In the old days, they would compartmentalize hair, hair color and haircut. They're still kind of doing it. But I, I always felt it was kind of underhanded because basically what they're saying is like, well, if you break up with the stylist, at least they're still in the salon. So that's why they try to do it. And yes, there is a part of that that is in there, but we really want them to be happy. We really want them to enjoy it. And different clients that I see that used to go to other stylists and vice versa that used to go to me and go to the others, we say hello when they come in, we catch up with them, you know, we do all sorts of stuff so that they're still part of our lives, which is really sweet. Absolutely. You're diffusing what could be an awkward moment by just, you know, face on just saying, hey, it's so great to see you. I'm so glad you're here. Enjoy your time with Mary. Yeah. Yeah. And what you said a second ago about energy, same in the spa. We can feel it. We can feel that negative energy if there's some discomfort there, some apprehension, some um, discontent. So I I love that you said that. It's so important. And in any aspect of life, not just in the salon or the spa. If you're feeling something, make a change, be your own advocate and change the situation. Yeah, because yeah. we, we don't want to be there making you feel unpleasant or contributing to that experience at all. Yeah. yeah. And just remember, you're paying for it. Right. <laughs> it's a service. It's a service. So, you know, you should get what you're going out to get. You don't have to suck it up. I think for women, we are kind of trained that way from a very young age to just be nice and don't rough it up. And you kind of got to suck it up. And I I just I I feel that our new the new age woman is able to. Yeah, we we've got to we've got to have our voice. That's the bottom line, right? We've yes. got to have our voice and gotta speak up for what we need. Yes. Farah, this has been amazing. Our time has run out unfortunately, but thank you so much for today. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. I hope we can have you back. This has been such a joy. Victoria, as always, thank you for being here and everyone, thank you for listening to Glow and Tell. We look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Glow and Tell. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Didn't get your question in? Be sure to call in again next week. 
We wish you a wonderful week.